Hey guys, Jeff here from BestTechie.com, and this is Techie Bytes episode 17. Today I'm speaking with Jonathan Levine, the founder and CEO of Master and Dynamic, a New York City-based audio company. We discuss how he's found success with Master and Dynamic, the challenges of manufacturing, and the future of audio. Enjoy. I'm here with Jonathan Levine, the founder and CEO of a company called Master and Dynamic. They're a New York-based company, like myself. Uh, well, I'm actually based in New York. Uh, they create audio products like headphones and speakers, and they've done a number of really cool collaborations with other companies as well. We're going to talk about those. So welcome, Jonathan. Thanks for being on the podcast with me. Uh, my pleasure, Jeff. Thanks for thanks for having me. No, I'm really excited about, about this episode because... Uh, in part because we've talked before, uh, and I learned a great deal about you and the company, and I thought you know what you're building is really unique and and awesome. But also your products are just really are are, are world class in my opinion. I've 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 had the opportunity to use them, um, and I've always been impressed with the quality and the craftsmanship, but also just the the audio uh, comp- you know the, the audio component uh, involved with, with them as well. So uh, so congrats and props on that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It means a lot, um, you know, especially sort of coming out of nowhere uh, into this business. Uh, as you know, you know, my background is is quite different from audio, but, uh, right. uh, you know, it seems to be working. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's always good, right? So it's, it's funny you, you bring up the, your background, which is which, as you point out, um, is comes from it's, it's you know, you, you've manufactured products in the past, but nothing like what you're doing now. At Master and Dynamic, and when we, we when we met a couple couple months ago, you told me a really interesting story about how how you kind of how you started the company, uh, and, and I thought it was a pretty interesting story at least. And I was I was hoping you could share it with uh, with our with our audience and kind of explain how this whole company got to be. Sure, uh, happy to. Um, well, actually, I'm sitting speaking to you from our recording studio here at Master and Dynamic, uh, and if you remember the story, you know I sort of got into this business, uh, my oldest son, who, uh, who is now 23, uh, works in the design world here in New York City. But when he was 13, he started DJing. When he was 15, he started teaching DJ lessons. And when he was 16, he started producing music. So as a, a supportive uh, slash indulgent parent, I built him a, <laughs> small, re- a small recording studio in my then uh, other offices. Um, never thinking about headphones as a business, uh, just doing it to so I can hang out with him a little bit more, give him a place where he could uh, hone his craft. Uh, and of course, obviously, the, the consumer products entrepreneur side of me was watching what he was using, watching what he wasn't using. I was watching uh, a company called Beats sort of take over the world in terms of the industry. Right. Uh, and yet my own kids weren't, I, I have two boys, my, my youngest is now 18, but so my two boys were not using Beats, uh, a lot of people around me were not using Beats, and I just sort of had this idea that uh, maybe there was an opportunity to create a different type of headphone company, a different type of audio company, uh, and that's really what we started out to do. So it really, be, it was a very, it was started as a sort of a uh, inclination just based on what I was seeing in with my kids, uh, then turned into a, sort of this new business model, um, which we're expanding rapidly. Right. So it's actually it's actually really interesting because you know Beats, um, they like you said they took the world by storm a bit, and I think a lot of that was on the marketing uh, front. They they spent a lot of dollars there, 
kind of appealing to the masses. Uh, meanwhile, uh, you know, most people who truly appreciate audio, if you will, uh, you know, don't really think too much of their products. But they had a lot of really um, big time, you know, uh, partnerships with big, yeah. big names and things like that to get their to get their brand out there. So, you know, clearly that, you know, I would I would think uh, as they were established in the space and and you obviously have created a different kind of product. But what you know, what were some of the obstacles that you, that you faced when when starting the company? You know, when you were yeah. coming into it in a, in a very kind of I don't want to say it's saturated, but there are very major players in this market. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Right. No, clearly I have um, I have great respect for Beats. And quite frankly, I credit them with my starting this company. Why? Because if it wasn't for Beats sort of disrupting the whole industry, which which was until then and still to a great extent is, you know, sort of controlled by, you know, let's call it a, you know, a handful or two handfuls of large companies uh, that have been around since 1924, uh, somewhere like that. You know, they showed me that that you could compete in this industry if you had something different to offer. And clearly, they what they offered was very different, very clever, uh, and worked obviously really well for them. So, like I said, nothing against Beats. Um, I, I think that the biggest challenge I remember in starting the business sort of there were two. Uh, one was on the product side, which was. Uh, you know, the headphones I started designing and the headphones we still design and build today uh, are pretty much very different from what uh, basically the industry was used to building. Uh, we were using very different materials, different construction methods. And uh, I think, you know, I pro luckily because I had a background in manufacturing in Asia, you know, I knew how to, to go about the process. But uh, it was not easy finding uh, the initial manufacturing partner to embrace my vision of, you know, forged aluminum, which was then CNC'd, and different types of leathers and PVD coating. It was pretty much at the antithesis of what the rest of the industry was doing. So, which was a lot of plastic. Yeah, and it still is. Yes, and <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. it still is. And again, um, you know, there's still some great products out there. There's, I don't have anything against plastic per se, but it's just not not a, a, a material that we sort of embrace in our company. And it was the same thing with them when we went to go do our first speaker. Uh, you know, I had this crazy idea that I wanted to do a speaker out of concrete. Right. <laughs> uh, and people told me it couldn't be done, uh, which is always probably the wrong thing to say to me because that, that makes <laughs> me want to do it more. Uh, and lo and behold, we persevered. We found the right manufacturing partners. We have a great engineering team. Uh, and what we created is truly, uh, you know, very special, um, both because of its design. It was obviously done in, in uh, coordination with Sir David Ajay, the, the, the um, very uh, successful and esteemed uh, London-based architect. Uh, and it also has some amazing acoustic properties. So that ability to not take no for an answer was really pivotal. The second uh, sort of challenge, which I'm glad is, and I think all founders go through this at some point, and I think I'm proud to say that after about three and a half years, it doesn't seem to be an issue, is you know, you always, you're out there trying to hire great talent, uh, and from the get-go, people really loved what we were doing and thought it was interesting and exciting, uh, but you know, sometimes the startup the startup world is not, uh, you know, a place uh, where people feel comfortable. So, uh, you know, 
we would interview great people, but sometimes it was challenging to get them to join us because, like I said, we were just a, a small startup. So today, right. you know, I think it's a credit to the product uh, and credit to the brand and the people who've worked here that, that uh, literally whenever we now uh, reach out, when we have job postings, which are, seem to be often, uh, we get a great, uh, a great selection of candidates who we can interview and then actually hire. Right. I, I always I always have said as a founder and a CEO of a company, you have two, especially in the early days, you have two really important jobs. One is to make sure there's money in the bank account. <laughs> and two is to make sure you can bring on really great people to help kind of execute your vision. Um, and, 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 and it's difficult sometimes to bring on, uh, you know, really great people, you know, part of your job as the founder is to sell them on the vision that you see, even if it's not there yet, right? Um, so so kudos to you in terms of being able to bring on, you know, uh, such amazing talent to help you kind of fulfill and, 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 and see through on your vision. Uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. I mean, like I said, it's, uh, that's, that's uh, you know, uh, I spend a lot of time talking to people, interviewing people, meeting people, uh, and it's really, uh, it's very rewarding. Um, you know, do, you have any, do you have any tips or, or things that you look for when, you know, uh, either now or in the early days when you were interviewing people, just, you know, things that you looked for or questions that you asked to kind of determine whether that person was the right, you know, person for you? You know, it's, it's, I think it's for me, and again, I obviously, I'm only one person, so the good news is I have a lot of other people here who uh, obviously also would do part of the interviewing, and they all have their own expertise. Uh, for me, you know, it's more uh, art than science. When I, mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty much how I approach the business in general. Um, for me, it's just sort of a fit. Um, it's sort of, you know, looking at their, I look at their education, of course, uh, which is not, you know, sometimes is a great place to start, but it is not always necessarily indicative of potential success. I just f see how they interact with me. Uh, I don't really throw any, you know, crazy curveball uh, questions at them. Uh, you know, one question that I, I do, I have become fond of uh, in certain, depending on who I'm hiring in certain positions is I ask this question of, you know, uh, you know, process results which you know tell me how you think about it um right. and so for me uh you know i've always found that results uh are ultimately what move the needle forward the ability to execute and there's got to be a happy balance and so the answers that i that the people have who i've hired recently who have succeeded have that sort of they'll answer that question results um but obviously uh, you know, with with process always being sort of, uh, you know, being backfilled to, to catch up. Does that make sense? Right. No, it makes a lot of yeah. sense. It's actually, it's actually uh, an answer that uh, I, I kind of expected, and I'll tell you why. Um, the reason, so I was at, I was at a, a conference hosted by Business Insider a couple of years ago, and Elon Musk was there, and he was being interviewed. And then they gave the audience the opportunity to ask, ask him questions. So somehow out of the hundreds of hundreds of people that were there i raised my hand and they came over to me with a microphone and i basically asked them i said i said you know what you're doing at spacex you know is, is you know rocket science you know you weren't you, you you weren't a rocket scientist you know when you started how did you <laughs> you know what did you do to like to like learn how to become a rocket scientist essentially what kind of books did you read you know how 
how did you, you know, how did you surround yourself with those people uh, that, that, that could help you kind of do that? And he basically said, you know, long story short, he was, he went into how he, how he, um, how he read a lot of books, but he also, he also asked people a lot of questions when he was hiring them about um, essentially get sort filtering out the, the people who, you know, who could truly answer the question and get to the, the bottom of like the results and, uh, right. and, and, and walk him through the process of how they mm-hmm. got there as opposed to just the people. Yeah, we did this. Yeah, we did that. You right. know, um, yep. and, 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 and it's funny because you know, it's literally, you know, what you were saying, but it's also, you know, business insider ended up using that clip. They cut me out of it, but they used the answer <laughs> and like, <laughs> uh, I'm like, like a huge promo, um, blitz that they, that they did. Um, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> but yes, I, I I do I do think that that you know that that's that's definitely um, no. I find that I try and listen. Sense. I try and listen more than I ask. You know, than I speak uh, during an yes. interview. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, great. So tell me if you could if you could define master and dynamic in one word, what what would that word be, and why why would you choose that word? The one. It, I think the word that I come to, uh, I think about this a lot, um, is disciplined. Um, now, that may not be a word that you would expect to hear uh, in someone describing their business, but I really think that that uh, I think that's really key. I think it's key to all businesses. I think it's been very key for our business um, because we have a very specific vision of what we're trying to create long term. You know, we, we think of ourselves, we act like a luxury audio company, uh, perhaps one of the first ones. And uh, you have to be disciplined to, to achieve that vision. You can't rush it. Um, you have to earn the, you know, you sort of have to earn your right in the market. You have to earn permission from the consumer. Um, and for any entrepreneur, for any, any founder, uh, and you may have found this yourself, there's so many opportunities diff- based on different stresses or pressures in a business that, um, you know, that challenge your, that challenge your vis- vision and discipline. Um, you know, in my business, it could be that a big retailer uh, really wants to buy my product and a lot of it, uh, but it might not be the bright brand, you know, it might not be the best fit uh, long term for the brand. And so right. how do we make that decision? And so I find, uh, and it goes to the product as well, right? How do we, um, how do we persevere when, when everything is saying we need to use this type of material or this type of process, which we're really not happy about, to say the course, ask the questions, uh, lean on our you know partners for help and get to that amazing result, which we seem to have time and time again. Um, that's sort of, that, that's, that's how I come, that's sort of what comes back to my mind is this discipline. discipline. That make, you know, that makes sense. You know, I, I, I think that really makes a lot of sense. I, I, I could see where you get that. Um, and I, I think that actually that that word, you know, probably should describe a lot of companies, but you know, I think it takes a, a really kind of in tune founder and CEO to kind of realize that that word actually is 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 the word that should that you should use in this in this situation, <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, right. Yeah. So so I want to I want to talk a little bit about manufacturing uh, and 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 hardware, considering right. that is that is your one of your areas of expertise. Um, we see you know we've seen a lot over the past several years. 
with the with the advent of Kickstarter and Indiegogo, uh, all these crowdfunded hardware um, projects where these guys, you know, they create a prototype and they're like, uh-huh. we want to, we want to, we want to mass produce this for you guys. We need to raise the money to be able to go out and do it. Right. And many of many 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 uh, of them don't have the experience in manufacturing at all, and then they they find out, you know, at the end after they've raised the money, oh, this is very difficult. Um, it, it, do you do you see this as a a legitimate kind of approach to building hardware in your opinion, or or is it or you know or does it kind of pose more problems than it's worth? Well, um, let's see. You know, I think uh, I think if you have a you know because obviously there's a lot of you know there's been stories about products that never made it to market after raising all this money. There's products that are sort of typically notoriously delayed and delayed and delayed mm-hmm. um you know and i think that sort of um potentially undermines the whole sort of industry and 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 um you know thought process of crowdfunding for hardware i do believe that um i do believe that that it works best when somebody has a uh, some type of product background they've developed a product in the in the past um you know i'm i'm always uh supporting and encouraging entrepreneurs uh you know i've been sort of designing and developing products for 24 five years and i started from scratch i really didn't have any technical training so i it worked for me so i always want to encourage other people but it, it it's it's not as easy as people think nothing ever is uh you know there's the old joke in the industry why do they call it hardware because it's hard <laughs> and, and, it, and it and it is there's a lot of moving pieces um and you know you need everything to sort of go right. So you need to design the product properly. You need to find the right, in the case of, of crowdfunding, by definition, these are people who are going out and finding third-party manufacturers to build their products. So you've got to have the right partner um, and on track. Um, so, you know, I, I th- and actually it's funny, I, I had actually thought early on about, you know, sort of creating a, a process or, or an opportunity where, uh, you know, it's almost in banking, you have sort of guarantee, you know, you have guarantee agencies that guarantee deposits and things like that, right? FDIC, mm-hmm. things like that. I actually thought there was an interesting business model to be had. And if anybody's listening and thinks it's interesting, I'll be happy to partner with them on it, that that there would be a sort of a guarantee, a company like mine with experience could actually um, weigh in on these things and actually cr- sort of create a guarantee to the to the community that this product would be built on time. Does that make sense? That does make sense. That actually and, is a really interesting idea. And would you know ultimately come to market? So there you are. I just gave I just gave a, a, an idea. <laughs> but, uh, hopefully somebody will will cut me in. Um, so sort of so my take on it is it it can work. It should work, uh, but it's you know within certain parameters. Um, right. Right. Okay. Yep. No, that makes sense. So another thing I was curious about, I'd love to ask you is. You know the the world has 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 really moved towards mobile devices. We we everyone has a smartphone, you know, everyone or or a tablet or both, uh, and and people are spending more and more time on these mobile devices. You know, whether it be you know talking to friends, doing work on the web, whatever. Um, do you see speakers? You know, which as far as I know, we we touched on earlier. You have the one speaker product, which is incredible, which I got a chance to listen to at your office. Um, do you see them becoming less important, you know, in, 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 in kind of the everyman 
uh, you know, every man's life in terms of, you know, audio products? Yeah, I think it's a good, really good question. We think about it a lot. You know, I, here's how I would like to, I think it's, I, I want to sort of answer it is I think they'll, they'll become less ubiquitous um, over time. I think they are already, but I think they'll become more important, less sort of premium, per, you know, personal speakers sold. Um, I think, but, um, because people will just adopt to sort of listening on their phone to their speakers on their phone to earphones or things like that. Um, but I do think, uh, that for certain people who really want to appreciate music, um, in a different format and in a different environment, there's, there's very few ways to do it other than to have just sort of great speakers in your home in my, or office in my opinion. So, um, so I think the product, I think what you'll see is you'll see a lot of, uh, you know, sort of low end product continue to come to the market. And I'm I'm not knocking it. I think that's just, uh, the way things happen in, in, in electronics. Um, and I think you'll see a, a trend back towards just like vinyl and turntables have come back. I think you'll see a trend of people now, uh, either collecting vintage speakers, which I have a nice, you know, small collection of, or, um, in conjunction with that, just sort of, uh, uh, finding new options in sort of personal audio. Right, right. So, because, I mean, I have friends who are plenty happy listening to music playing on their iPhone through their iPhone speaker, right? Um, yeah. Is that, is that like, is, is that, do you see that as a threat um, or, or, or is that an opportunity to introduce your product um, which, which obviously offers much more high, high fidelity, high quality audio. Um, I'm sorry, repeat the question again. So, you know, I know it's saying about people listening on their personal devices. The second right. part of the question was, so do you see that, do you see that, do you see like people who were like perfectly content listening to audio coming out of the iPhone speaker as, as, as a, you know, as a threat, or do you see that as an opportunity to kind of introduce your product, um, and offer no. a better experience. No, it doesn't. I don't think it's. A, I don't think it's for a company like mine. I, I don't think it's a threat because we're not. Um, you know, as I describe it, we're in. You know, there's part of the market. You know, if we were, if we had a barbell in front of us, you know, one end would be what I call the commoditization end of the spectrum. Um, you know, these are sort of mass market products um, that millions and hundreds of millions are sold each year uh and they sort of become the norm and you know people adopt them uh, obviously i'm i'm using one right now and then the other end of the spectrum is sort of the products that are more differentiated and and sometimes people have both obviously you know uh, right. i have certain products that are on one side and i have uh the differentiated products on the other it doesn't have to be just in technology or audio it could be in watches cameras whatever you know sneakers um uh, so I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it as a, as a threat, uh, in that respect. I, I think the issue is it's like, you know, if I think about my first car, um, you know, it was a stripped down Toyota Corolla. I mean, it had nothing other than an engine really, um, <laughs> not even, it didn't, it didn't have air conditioning. You know, this is going back a while. Um, oh, but wow. I love that. I love that car. Um, it's, you know, I suffered a lot, you know, uh, <laughs> during the, during the summer, but, you know, then I got my first car with air conditioning and 
you can't imagine not having a car with air conditioning at this point, right? So right, right. it's the same thing. I, I think there's people, I think once they do hear it, um, you know, if they go into a recording studio or they go to someone's home that has an amazing sound system, it can sort of change you, uh, you know, for life. Right. So right. I think Definitely. it's, I just think it's, it's, it's getting people access to it. Um, uh, and once they have access to it, they realize there's another option and they can both coexist, right? Someone can, you know, listen to their iPhone, uh, you know, high res files, whatever, and be very, very happy. Obviously, the better if you're, you know, if you're listening to your iPhone, whether it be the speakers on your, uh, or your, you know, smartphone, the speakers or the the headphones or earphones you're using obviously will impact that that experience. But then, you know, they may want to go home and and just have this amazing sound system uh, that just changes it all for them. So I think they can have right. both. So speaking of amazing sound systems, are are we going to see any more master dynamic speaker products in the future? Uh, for sure. For sure, you will. Um, uh, it's always been uh, it's always been on our roadmap. Um, we definitely are very proud uh, of our first product, the MA770, you know, uh, wireless speaker mm -hmm. uh, that uh, will launch a new colorway coming up, which was where people are excited about. Um, and we'll certainly uh, will come out. I think probably in 2019 at this point, we'll come out with a second speaker. Um, Chances are it'll incorporate some of the materials we're using today in, in, in the current speaker. Uh, we're just really trying to figure out what the right, um, you know, what the right user experience uh, is for that product right now. Gotcha. Uh, what, we, what we won't do is we won't take that iconic speaker design. We won't sort of shrink it down so we can launch a $500 version of it. That, that will stay onto its own for, for many years to come. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so, so you, obviously, as the founder of Master and Dynamic, you you have access to a bunch of or all of your products. What's <laughs> what's your, what's your favorite? What's your go-to Master and Dynamic product, and why? And why? Bit like the shoemaker, right? You know that story, right? The shoemaker has no shoes, so right. Yep, um, yep. You know, we make we, we make great headphones and earphones. We ship a lot. Um, I tend uh, only to get to use them. Uh, where most of my team gets to use them throughout the day because they're sitting at their desks, you know, engineers focusing on, on engineering or things like that. Most people wear our headphones here, and obviously people in the workplace use headphones pretty much ubiquitously now. But uh, for me, I basically get to use them only, uh, only occasionally. One is I'm happy to say I'm, I'm speaking to you on, on one of our uh, earphones, our MEO5, which is an amazing product. Um, mm -hmm has a 3.5 millimeter jack, uh, which I still love um, for many reasons, in, in particular because it keeps my um, uh, phone from crashing to the ground sometimes. It's like a, a, a sort of a, a, <laughs> it's, a it's, it's the safety cord or leash. Um, but actually, uh, you know, even after we launched our MW60 wireless headphone and our MW50 wireless headphone, uh, I always was using our original MH40, which was sort of the original over-ear analog uh, headphone for various reasons. I think I just sort of had a sort of a natural attachment to it as, you know, one of my first products. It's, you know, it's comfortable. Um, I don't need to recharge it, quite frankly, because um, I, <laughs> I have a lot of things. When I travel, I have a lot of things I need to recharge, so it's one less thing I have to worry about. Uh, right. So uh, that MH40 will always have a, a special place in my heart. And now that we've launched digital cables for it, 
so that people can now use them with their favorite device, whether it be Android or, or Apple, uh, now the use case gets extended. Um, so it's definitely, I would say, my MH40, although uh, I don't know if you saw, we, and I think I may have showed you when you were here, but we just launched uh, our MW50 Plus, uh, which, was, which is our, uh, basically it's, an, it's a, the first ever on-ear and over-ear wireless headphones. So you can easily switch back. So, um, yeah, I'm sort of, uh, I guess I'll, I, I guess old, uh, old dogs can, can learn new habits. I guess I might, <laughs> I might be able to, to, uh, to forgive my, to, to forgo my MH40s at some point. Awesome. Well, that was, that was, that was good to know. Now I know, uh, now I know, you know, what, what the, what the founder and CEO of Master Dynamic likes to listen to. And the <laughs> MH40s is the answer, it seems. It seems. Um, yep. <laughs> you'll have to keep me uh, posted on if that changes to the new of, ones. Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, so one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about a little bit was premium headphones. So that's that's the market kind of that you're in. Um, pre yeah. Um, and so there's there's other there's other players in the space. You know, Bowers and Wilkins. Um, you know, uh, there's 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 a whole bunch of you know companies that are in this space with you. Um, how, how are you, you know, what ways do you see yourself differentiating from them? Um, you know, why, why should someone go with the MH40s or the MW60s over another pair of premium headphones in the marketplace? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly, um, there's certainly a lot of really good choices um, at all different price points. Um, and uh, I think how we differentiate uh, you know, again, we talk about premium. We also talk about luxury. So um, I think we're probably closer to a luxury uh, a luxury audio company than a premium audio company, although there's nothing wrong with premium. Um, you know, how we differentiate, I think we will always continue to differentiate with our designs. Um, uh, our product is you know, certainly eye-catching. And I, when I say eye-catching, I don't mean in a sort of a, uh, a garish way. It, it's mm -hmm. sort of eye-catching and of like, those are really interesting. I could see myself wearing those type of type of uh, scenario. Um, you know, I think we'll always differentiate with with the with the materials, obviously the design. Um, you know, what we don't speak about a lot, but it's certainly uh, a very strong theme that runs through our product. We have a lot of technology that we've developed and continue to develop that really makes our headphones superior. And one, one thing in particular is, especially in the wireless world, whether it's headphones or earphones, one of the biggest issues, I think we talked about it is, uh, you know, connectivity distance. Um, yep. uh, and everybody's struggling with it. Um, we, less so than others, I, I think we've actually maybe have cracked the code um, because every product we've launched wirelessly uh, basically has about three times the connectivity distance of our competitors. Um, so we're really proud about that. And of course we talk about it. Um, uh, and I'm sure some people buy it for that, but I think, I think ultimately the people who are buying our product are, are buying it visually, uh, uh, because they're just, they have a visceral, you know, they have sort of a visceral reaction to the, the design and the materials. And the beauty of it is that then when they put it on, they actually are amazed that it performs equally if not better than it than it looks so um you know that's really important it's got to be you got to be firing on all cylinders right i wrote this article a while back about how apple um 
when they came out with the iPod, it was basically like electronic jewelry. And that's kind of how they sold it. Like Interesting. This, this must have product that, you know, made you look really cool. Um, it, it was sleek. It was well designed. And I always think about Master Dynamic kind of in the same sense, at least in, in my own head. Um, you know, you guys, you guys spent a lot of time, you know, creating well-designed, well-crafted products that work really well. Um, in, in, in my experience, you know, and, and just, the, you know, my, in my opinion of, of style, uh, I think you guys create some really cool looking products. Um, so I always kind of equate you to kind of like an apple of, of, you know, audio. But that that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, listen, I'm I'm uh, I'm very you know proud to be to be thought of that way. Um, you know, listen, it was uh, you know I was having this conversation yesterday with somebody uh, actually who ran uh, Apple Europe for for 13 years, um, and I basically said, you know, you couldn't you can't be in my business or pretty much in any business today without having been inspired by Apple. Steve Jobs and everything that they've created. So um, mm-hmm. anytime that someone sort of puts me, you know, sort of references Apple as it relates, relates to Mastronomic, it's, it's very, pr- I'm very proud. Um, and even actually this person commented that, that um, based on his relationship with Steve Jobs, uh, he's pretty certain that Steve would have loved Master and Dynamic headphones and probably would have used them personally, even though, uh, even though Apple makes their own. Um, and that was that that put a smile on my that, face that, yeah, yeah seriously that's yeah. quite the compliment yeah speaking, yeah. speaking yeah. of famous people though um because of the space you're in and, and because of the popularity of your products you've you've met a ton of famous people uh and collaborated with a bunch of really cool people and companies um what was the coolest or or, or your favorite <laughs> thing that you the favorite collaboration or the coolest person you've met yeah well you know it's uh yeah i have i'm, I'm very you know, blessed to that uh, because of the product um, and because of the brand that that we've 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 uh, you know sort of ga- gathered a great uh, following of of people, inf- famous people from all categories: fashion, design, architecture, you name it. Um, many of whom we we work with and have relationships with. Um, as a company, we we actually keep it pretty private, so um, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's important. Um, for everybody involved. Um, so, but I, but, you know, I think, um, I think one of the coolest things that came from, from Master Dynamic is when I was invited to the artic, artist Chuck Close's uh, 75th birthday party um, uh, by, it was, it was given to him by uh, uh, the founder of Pace Gallery, who's his gallerist. And if that wasn't great enough uh to you know be able to meet chuck because i've been a fan of his work forever uh and in fact here in our offices i think you saw we have one of chuck's works we have a a chuck close one of his phil uh prints uh of that he did of phil philip glass the composer so cool enough meeting chuck at his birthday party um what i didn't know is that uh arnie glimsher who's the founder of pace had arranged for philip glass to come in and play a private concert for the birth during the birthday party. So I actually got to meet in one room. I got and one night I got to meet sort of two of my uh, two of my heroes, uh, Chuck Close and and Philip Glass. So that was a pretty cool that was a pretty cool night for me. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jonathan, it, it's been a it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Before I let you go, though, 
I, I gotta get I gotta get you to do this lightning round with me, um, where I ask you a series of questions and you just reply um, uh, back with as fast as possible one word answers. Make it really quick and uh, and and that's it. Okay, I'll do. I'll All right, probably my ready? first probably my first time, so let's give it a shot. I, I try and keep it pretty. I try and keep it pretty, you know, <laughs> pretty easy. But let's go. PC or Mac? Mac. What? Person or company most inspires your product designs? We kind of covered this. I think it's, I have to say Apple. Yeah. Okay. Best genre of music? Best genre of music, classic rock. Good choice. Favorite song uh, currently and all time? Or if they're the same? That's a tough one. Um, um, I'm gonna screw it up. It's it's a um, <laughs> no no. It's it's a it's a Elton John song. I I'm gonna screw it. It's um, uh, blue. Is it called Blue Jean Baby or? Um, you know, I'll have to. I, do, I'm do you not know sure. I know I, I know the song, but I don't I don't recall the exact title. I'll have to find it for you. But it's Blue Jean Baby. I believe it's those are the lyrics. I'll have to find it for you. But it was actually also in. Uh, in the one of my favorite all-time movies, which was Almost Famous. I don't know if you've seen that movie. I haven't seen that. Uh, you should watch it. It's it's obviously it's sort of a um, it, it sort of references sort of the Rolling Stone magazine in in its beginning, and it's an it's a very interesting movie. Um, I think that's always that's a special um, uh, a special song for me. And you know, pretty much after that, anything Van Morrison always. I think if I looked at my in my playlist right now, I'm pretty sure I have something like 22 plus Van Morrison albums loaded on my uh, <laughs> uh, on my on my phone. Um, and then uh, you know the last one I'll add is like anytime I listen to Andre 3000, it just uh, makes makes me happy. Nice. Yeah. All right. La last one. On, last question for the lightning round: Apple Music or Spotify or neither? Uh, you know, I'm gonna go with Spotify. I'm going to go with Spotify. Interesting. Yeah. I'm an Apple Music guy myself. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what it, I, I waited. I just, I never really got into Spotify and I knew Apple was eventually going to come out with a music streaming service. Right. So right. I just kind of held off for the longest time. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's, um, uh, and I, by the way, I, you know, I have both on my phone and I probably use I probably use neither, you know, very, I probably don't use them as much as I should, but, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, I think what, I, I think what Spotify has done and I, I know, you know, a lot of the founding team, I think they've done a great job, um, you know, sort of creating, I think in many ways, creating, creating the industry. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, Jonathan, if anyone wants to get in touch with you online, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, they can just email me at Jonathan at masterdynamic.com. Awesome. That sounds good. Well, Jonathan right. Levine, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Uh, I, I appreciate it, and I hope you have a good rest of your day. You too, Jeff. Really appreciate it and enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Techie Bites. Stay tuned for more episodes every Tuesday with awesome interviews and conversations about technology and business. If you like what we're doing, please consider supporting the podcast at anchor.fm slash besttechie and or by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Both ways help us greatly and are much appreciated. So thank you. Until next time, we'll see you. And remember, remember, 
take care of your computers.